Welcome to another episode of Robert's Random Ruminations. I'm your host for the episode today, Robert, and we're going to be going through some really random ruminations, so stay tuned and enjoy. And welcome to another episode of Robert's Random Ruminations. Today is short story day, and as you guys know, I've been working on a few different things in regards to the world of Repetia. And you can visit my booksy site for some of that, as well as my Robert's Random Ruminations website, where you can find out even more about the Repetians and short stories. I'm going to be doing some auditory short stories related to the world of Repetia about some of the creatures and other things within the world uh, to kind of give some more flavor to it. As you may or may not know, I'm working on a full novel of the Repetian world, and uh, these short stories are kind of outside of the main story, but will definitely include creatures that are in the main story for you. Uh, so you will encounter them in the main book when it does come out, but this kind of gives you a little bit of a prelude of the world. So today's adventure takes place in the Grass on the Valley area, uh, a little bit of south in the wilds. Uh, there isn't too many folks out this way, too many Repetians living their lives. Now, if you don't know, Repetians are mice-like creatures. Um, they are short in stature. There are two varieties. The mountain vite mice, which are a lot shorter, a um, little bit stouter, um, but very nimble. Um, and they live out in the wilderness. They're rangers. They live out in the mountains, etc. In the cities uh, around Repetia, there are um, the big city centers. And the mice that live there are a little bit taller, a little bit more elegant, a little less adventurous. Um, and they deal with things like going into the sciences and artifacts and things of that nature. But today, the creature we are going to encounter and tell a little bit of a story and background to is a creature called Eferikin, F-E-R-I-N-K-I-N, Eferikin. And the Eferikins look basically like very large-sized blue and white ferrets. Um, and they are creatures who live in this underground tunnel system in the, uh, outside of the wilds of a grass of a valley. And we're going to tell a little bit of story about them today. So this is going to be part one of that story. Now, this particular part of the story takes place basically before the great novel of Repetia, which isn't written yet, but it does take place before that time frame if you're keeping track. In this story, we start out with a young Fernkin. The Fernkin was called Rooney. She was a young female Fernkin, and uh, her brother, Tuni, which was actually her twin brain, uh, brother, were going through the tunnels of Mark D. Market. Now, here's kind of a kind of explanation. There are some visuals that you can get off of the uh, booksy site or the book itself. There are some maps, but basically the idea is this. The Thurkins people live under these giant mounds in the middle of the wilderness. You wouldn't necessarily tech see that they were actually homes because they lived underground. They did come up fairly regularly and hunt, etc. Um, but they really did spend most of their time underground using their brief, small connection, brief connection to the magics around them. Now, in this world, magic is called by a few different names. Sometimes it's called the source, sometimes it's just called magic. Fernkin is actually called, use rune stones and rune language to um, basically kind of put their magic to good use. And they use the rune language to be, be in order to kind of uh, harness the powers of the magic and do things. 
one of the most common ones is uh, language assist because there are other creatures that they sometimes run into that don't speak the same language there's a whole room language and a whole thing that we can get into at a different point in time now this particular story starts in the, one of the big underground cities of the Thurnkins. Now these are hidden cities for the most part. Um, they do have some areas that are above ground um, as well, where they can do some outdoor activities, have time outside, etc. But most part, for the magics and the deep stuff, it's done underground in the safety, away from prying eyes, if there is any. The Thurnkins are not, do not have any natural enemies, and they do not have any warring groups that they war with. But they do have a particular taste or a particular type of blue snail. Um, and this, I'm sorry, purple snail, actually. Uh, and this particular snail is very, very hard to find. Um, they actually have, um, they actually give milk. And um, it used to be pretty famous in the big cities of the Franken. But this particular group, this particular tunnel, they're a little bit short on them at this point. And they need to go out and find some more. Now, the Frenkins do have two parts of that they like to do. They do like to drink the milk, but they do occasionally snack upon them as food as well. So the biggest thing that they try to consider with this is what they need to do is to find where these next group of these uh, worshippers are basically hanging out. And they usually hang out deep in the woods. So they're usually not easy to find. So in this particular day, the two our two uh, wayward travelers go out into the town. Now they're they're pretty decent size, uh, for instance. They're they're young, but they're not uh, they're not they're not small. So they're used to going out on their own and hunting. Now Rooney was very specifically good at hunting for these snails. Um, Turney was a little less um, adept. He's a little bit younger by a couple of minutes, but he was also a little less focused um, in hunting for these creatures. So the two of them would go out into these nearby villages or the nearby jungles or wherever it might be and see if they could find some wild or roaming of these creatures to capture and bring back to their people. Um, and they do travel when they find these creatures in groups of three to five usually and you can usually capture one or two and then basically just kind of carry them back. Now they can use their front paws to use uh, to hold them or they might bring some sort of backpack or other tool with them uh, to help. This particular day, um, one of the things that uh, they were particularly good at was using some of their spells in their uh, runes to help carry things. So Atuni was actually very good at rune spells, and he had created a rune stone that would allow, allow for an item to be carried on the back. You know, kind of a, an invisible bubble. Uh, so it could actually be carry two or three, and it'd be oxygen or air to breathe in the bubble. So it would be very easy to transport and made him very light, so there was almost no weight to it. It's a very particularly interesting runestone, and he used it quite often for this very purpose. So this day they were hunting in deep in the forest, kind of far away from their homestead as they normally did. And this is a particularly dangerous forest. Now, as I said, there isn't really any natural enemies that the fern can have. There are still some dangerous creatures that would just as soon make a meal out of them. But because they lived in the tunnels and so forth, they usually didn't have any natural enemies in the wilderness. But on this particular day, they did see something coming towards them from the deep forest. And this particular something was actually one of the werekittens. Now the werecats, um, or werekittens, so this is a young one, do have a blue glow to their whole bodies. And they do come out only in dusk, and it had actually gotten quite dark. They didn't realize how late it had gotten. 
and the creature does kind of stare at them and look for a moment. What are you doing out here? Now, it's, it's said in its native tongue, and of course, the Atlantans did have the language translator, um, stone, runestone, on their persons, so they could understand what it was saying. We are out here actually hunting. Uh, Rudy responded. Um, you shouldn't be out here this late. There are new creatures that are moving in. Dangerous, big creatures. And you should not be out here this late at night. I'm too her brother inject, interjected into their little conversation. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I am Karan, and I am a bear kitten, as you can see, but I am actually fairly young. I should be out here myself, but I heard the rustling, and I wanted to see what was going on. Are you guys hunting those little purple things that you guys are always eating? They both nodded in unison. Figured as much. Well, come with me. I can show you where they are, but, unfortunately, I can also show you the creature that's out there as well. He doesn't have any interest in them. He actually caught one of my distant relatives, and it wasn't very pretty. They stepped out of the jungle very quickly, um, just maybe a few hundred feet up ahead from where they were actually searching and wandering around trying to find these creatures. Um, but then they did see a big open plain. Uh, seemed to stretch for ages. It was a place I'd never actually seen before, and they were kind of surprised by how big it looked. Again, when you live your life in tunnels and small villages above ground, you don't really look for big plains so much. You probably stay pretty close to home, until, of course, now. They looked out onto the plains, and they noticed this big shadow. Again, the dusk made it pretty difficult to see, and while they did have pretty decent night vision, it was still too far away to look more than just a giant lump, and it looked very large, even though it was quite a distance away. It kind of flickered around, looking left and right as much as you could tell in the darkness. Couldn't tell its color very much, but its eyes were bright and glaring, and you could see it. It was soaking in the night. It was definitely a hunter, whatever it was. Runes turned to their new friend. Um, is it able to... Does it eat us, you think? Would it eat all of us? It shrugged. Um, Karen shrugged. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I don't think it's intelligent. I don't think it understands. I think it's just a creature. That's really strange. Rooney was very visibly shaken. She had not been a very brave um, Frankin in her time, but she did like to adventure. But at the same time, she wasn't very brave. So she didn't venture too far from home and had never seen anything quite like this creature. When are you going to get back home? We can't stay out here with this thing. Obviously, it's too dangerous. Well, you're right, sister. I, I, I think we should get out of here. I don't know that this is a safe place for us to be. Karan nodded agreement. Yes, you are completely correct. This is definitely not a safe place for any of us to be. Come with me. I'll take you back to my home as it's closer to wherever you came from than where you probably came from, if you will. They both kind of shook their head in confusion at that sentence from Karan, but they followed them anyways. Still unsure of uh, where Karan was leading them, because they'd never been out here before. But soon enough, they came upon a tree with a giant hole in it, and Karan just slipped inside. The two, the brother and sister, um, basically stepped in right behind into the tree, and they slid down a brief tunnel, screaming joyfully 
a little scared at first, uh, all the way down into a big hole in the ground. Uh, it was pretty nicely decorated. Uh, beds, sofas, things made out of trees and natural bramble, so not anything too fancy, but definitely it seemed like it was a nice home. Now, as you may or may not know, in Qurans, as were-kitties, do have the ability to shift into a, what do we call a humanoid-ish form, but instead of hands, they have paws, and instead of toes, they have paws as well. So they basically look like they're a standing-up kitten, maybe more, no more than about three to four feet tall at max. So they're pretty short, but definitely bigger than a fernkin when fully um, elongated and sitting out. There are rear kitties because they do have the ability to change from a pure cat um, of light creature and their blue-black fur, they all have blue-black fur, um, to this were-kitten where they can stand on their hind legs and almost have double-jointed thumbs and almost have a little bit of the dexterity of what you would consider to be a human. A very short stature and very furry. Another distinct feature of these were-kittens is that they don't tend to wear clothes in either form, whether in pure cat form or in this slightly human hybrid cat form. So there wasn't any real worry about dress code or anything of that nature. They all kind of sat around and talked for a little bit about what they did and how they grew up and their families. It turned out that uh, Corinne lived basically by themselves. Their parents had been had left them on their own, as mostly normally is done at the age that Corinne was at, and that they had been hunting on their own for quite a while. Um, they would usually eat small rodents and other creatures of small stature in the thickets and the forests around the area where this new creature had start, uh, shown up. They hadn't actually face-to-face -face encountered yet, but they weren't going to be uh, brave enough to do that, where I'm pretty sure that whatever this thing was, was hunting and was definitely not an intelligent creature. The reason why Corinne thought that was the case was, at least from their experience, this creature had been able to be close enough to hear them, um, and when they said hello and tried to talk to them, they basically tried, ignored them at first, and then it turned around and started to race after it. Corinne only brief, barely made it out alive from that scenario. We definitely need to figure out what it is and what it wants, Corinne said. It just doesn't seem safe out here with it wandering around causing havoc and chaos. It doesn't seem to be intelligent enough to figure out that we're, you know, where we are, but it does seem to have a good sense of smell. So I'm kind of concerned that maybe it's just waiting for us to come out or waiting to see if there's more of us to see how much of a meal it could get. Well, Corinne said, we would have to definitely try to see if we can figure out a way to get um, a uh, basically a stone that might be able to protect us, like a warding stone or, or something, or a trip stone, so that when they got into the area, you can kind of see where they are and kind of, you know, keep yourself safe from where they are and, and where they're going. True. That is something we would have to try and figure out. The other thing, too, Rini uh, interjected, is that we really need to figure out if it's just the one or there's more than one. It could be whole migration of these things coming this way. Maybe wherever it came from, its food source is out, or something attacked it, or who knows what. And we needed to figure out more about it. We need to figure out how to get closer to it and see if we can make it safely uh, close enough to it to kind of observe it. Hmm. Turney kind of smiled for a minute. You know, what would actually work really well is actually the runestone that I have with us, the one for... Um, doing protecting our belongings and packing it all up in a little bubble that actually might work really well to um, be able to have um, us say safe and be able to see from within the bubble uh, as a clear bubble and see the creature and it can't do anything to us at least i don't think so 
I don't think we would probably have the test to see how strong the bubble is uh, of protection, but uh, if it's strong enough, that might be a great option. Well, that definitely sounds like something we should try and do. Now we're going to pause at that point. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come right back. And when we come back, we'll talk more about other uh, options, and we'll be continuing the story. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I enjoy podcasting, and I've done it quite a while, but this is literally the easiest way to do it. And I have enjoyed using Anchor both here and in other podcasting that I've done. So if you always want to get a start in podcasting and doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody. And uh, we're back to the story. So before we get back into it, I just wanted to remind everybody that I do have a Booksy website that is very much important uh, in regards to kind of keeping up with all the stories that I'm creating. And the world of Repeche does have a lot of pieces that I'm going to end up developing, a lot of short stories that kind of intertwine with each other or different parts of characters that are other characters that you'll see in other stories and so forth and so on. Um, the Frankens are involved in the main Repetian story and have a very valuable part to play in the adventurer's main quest. So we'll go into that in more detail later on. Um, but for right now, we're going to do a little bit more of the story, but there is going to be a part two sometime next week. Well, this all seems very exciting, uh, Turing said. I really don't know, though, that it's really a safe thing to kind of explain big creature and, and, and all of that. The bubble should be good protection, but I'm just kind of worried that it will break, and then what kind of trouble will we really be in? Rooney kind of smiled. Well, it does make me pretty nervous, but at the same point, I really feel that there's no other way to go about doing this than just to do it. Um, we do need some sort of weapons, though, I assume. That is kind of a risk we take. Um... Do you have any of your books with you, Turney, on, on different runes? Maybe you can find something that could be used as a weapon of this. Turney kind of frowned for a minute, thought about it. Yes, you know what? There might be one that we can use. Um, it's a fire one. Um, and if it is just a wild animal and doesn't have any higher level intelligence, it might be very afraid of fire and run away from it. So worst case, we could do that. Um, just to kind of set up a little bit of a fire going. Okay, that seems fair enough. Well, let us wait till tomorrow. It's kind of late tonight. Um, we'll definitely have to go back in, out there and, and, and deal with it in the morning. Now, do you think it's going to be uh, in the daytime too, or is it more of a nocturnal creature? They both turned to Kraken, uh, to Karan at that point. Karan kind of stared at them both. Well, I mean, I've seen it at night, so there is that. But I don't know if it's only out at night or if it also comes out in the daytime. But, I mean, it does have a unique enough smell. I mean, I probably could figure out where it goes off to. Um, 
possibly, and we know the general area to look. Alright, well, we're not going to do anything to it, but we definitely should take a peek and look at it. Do you have a space for us to sp uh, bed down for the night? Corinne smiled. Yes, definitely I do. Uh, but before we do that, let's have some quick dinner. Um, I have uh, some leftovers from last meal, and uh, we can go from that uh, forward in the morning. Alright, sounds like a plan. And that's the end for right now of part one of the story. We'll uh, finish up the story in the next episode of Robert's Random Ruminations. As I said, uh, make sure you're following me on all the other sites, uh, my blog posts, etc. So uh, keep up on all of my creative outlets. I'm looking to hopefully have another a couple of episodes about this story and then kind of move into other stuff. I did do some exciting things in the other parts of the nerd world. Uh, I'm looking for, I just watched Eternals a little later than everybody else, of course, but I'm always at the last minute type of thing for that. Uh, I'm then actually going to be watching, hopefully over the next week, uh, episodes of The Witcher. So I'll keep you guys informed of what I feel on that. Again, a little late to the game on those, but yeah, I'm usually behind on most stuff, so I don't worry about it too much. Uh, as far as being topical, if you will. It's just more my random, random ruminations on different topics. Um, so I will be doing some more of that too, some uh, review of movies, things of that nature. I'm also going to be looking uh, to do some very exciting things related to video gaming, doing some video game stuff, so that'll be interesting as well. So I look forward to talking to you about all of those types of parts of my life as well in the near future. But we will definitely finish off uh, the Finkin story uh, in the next episode of Robert's Random Reunations. So I will see you then. And that's another episode of Robert's Random Ruminations. You can definitely follow me and all of my posts on my blog at robertrandomruminations.wordpress.com. You can also follow me on my Facebook page, same thing, Robert's Random Ruminations. And, of course, wherever you follow and find your latest podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, of course, make sure if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or whatevers, make sure you email me at robertsrandomruminations at gmail.com. And thank you again so much for listening to another episode.